Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as the iPhone X. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. You can choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way, you can try all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. Daniel wears Warby Parker and now he can actually see me. And I'm considering a divorce. Hey! So to get started, head over to warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Again, that's warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Warby Parker. Modern eyewear made simple. Thanks a lot. This is Grizzly Kiki. I'm Robert. And I'm Daniel. Hello. We're back. Hi. It's another Friday. Ooh, hello. Happy Friday to you. Yeah, Delilah? There's... (laughs) What is it about a microphone in my face that makes me want to talk like I'm on the air? I should just talk like this. Like, bring out the real jersey in me. Hello. What's going on? Stu Gatz, what's going on? <laughs> Hi. Hello, listener. How's, how's it going? How'd you do? What exit on Somebody, the turnpike are you? Everybody. I know. That, that's when you get real jersey. Fuck your mother. How's your week going? I'm so tired. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't like the first week back after after vacation. I know. It's not been not been kind to me. Um, we're working on a unpacking for a, an art fair. So it's been very, very You're working hectic. on packing for an art fair, yes? Yeah. Or not unpacking. No, yeah, we're packing oh, okay. to go to an art fair. Oh. And, I, um, I heard unpacking, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, at the uh the Park Avenue Armory in New York. Um, so it's a lot of, it's actually a lot of fun, but it's, you know, they're ceramics, so they're heavy. Um, but we're bringing a lot of stuff, so we hope we do really well. But I'm exhausted. Hmm. Yeah. Cute. Mm-hmm. Um, did you mean to give uh, give out the location just now? Oh, it just, that's, that's how I'm used to saying it. So I think it just like came out that way. Because, you know, listeners could probably come hang out with you. I mean, come visit. I you. won't, I won't be there. So. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you were going to be there. No, 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 no. I'm only there like for a few hours or something, but not for the whole run. So cute. I'm much more behind the scenes. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also having a hard time adjusting to the Mm. first week back, not only back to work, but also like full time keto. Mm. Because it's yeah, it's been rough. I had ice cream last night. You did. I did. Uh huh. And that was it. It was delicious. That's good. Because I wanted it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, yeah, I'm having a hard time adjusting to the first week back, but I'm very excited because my boss hadn't announced any like days that he was going to be out for the month of January. And so the rest of us were like, what the fuck's going on? Like, why is he going to be here every fucking day? And then this week he was like oh i'm gonna be out thursday and then uh a whole week this week and whatever and so that just that that tends to make the job a little more bearable that sounds delightful it is Mm -hmm. it's a tasty delight if you want to throw back to that no is that the yogurt place yeah oh oh yeah no i didn't go there the candy was too expensive i used to go to the bodega was that um was that not a thing 
since you're a New Yorker? Was that not oh, a thing? Oh, it was it was a thing. I just oh, thought okay. it was like I I I thought the idea of frozen yogurt was gross because I'm like, why do I want something tangy and creamy that's frozen? Frozen yogurt is tangy. That's what I always thought because I thought of yogurt like that I would eat was tangy. So I'm like, if you just freeze it, isn't that what? Fr- okay, this was me as a child. Plain yogurt is tangy. Yeah, like plain, like plain ass yogurt. Oh, yeah. So I, anyway, I've only ever had plain Greek yogurt, and I don't know if there's a difference in Greek yogurt's a little tangy. Hmm. But anyway, yeah, I, I, yeah, it was a thing, but I was like, well, I could just go get the candy from like the deli or the pharmacy, and it's I, the same and cheaper. I remember when I started working in the city. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, let's let's go to Tasty Delight. And, you know, everyone was like, oh, my God, you're going to Tasty Delight. Let's go to Tasty Delight. And it was like a big deal. How 90s? I guess. We we only had TCBY in uh, in New Jersey. So oh my God, my brother always wanted to go to a TCBY. Really? I didn't even know what the fuck it was. I think he saw the commercials. When I was living in New Jersey, I worked at this job um, and my boss was just like obsessed with ice cream or whatever. And so the like the happy medium for him because he was a diabetic was to get uh, TCBY. And so he would send me on TCBY runs where he would have me buy like frozen yogurt for the majority of the staff, essentially, myself oh my included. Go get yourself something pretty while you're out too. It was always... Um, I want to say it was always like pralines and wet nuts. And I was always like, teehee, wet nuts. <laughs> wet? He would ask you, wait a minute. Wet nuts was different from dry nuts. Because Top the- me with those wet nuts. Exactly. Um, the wet nuts, I guess, are like suspended in sugar or something. I have I, no they're idea. They're just like walnut. I mean, they would call them like, like, uh, in West Asian Amibar, like, um, like, like, in, like a, a syrup. in a syrup. Yeah. Mm. Can't you just say like, I guess nuts and syrup. Well, he would say wet nuts because when you went to TCBY, they were like, do you want wet nuts or dry nuts? Oh my God. So, they would ask you that? They wouldn't ask me that, but like there, there would be a little placard that and was it would like, say wet nuts and yeah. dry nuts. Yeah. I couldn't Next handle to like it. sprinkles. I just know, be like <laughs> Oreos. I mean, yeah. Get those dry nuts some lotion. Yep. <laughs> I just pictured like an ashy pair of balls. Oh, I'm in weird form today. Yeah, you're weird right I now. I really am weird. Um, you're real weird. So how about them wet nuts? Mm. Mm. Not into that. No. You don't want a, a wet nut. <laughs> um, <laughs> so <laughs> really. Sorry. Okay. It really wasn't that funny. Mm, I thought it was. Like, settle down, ma'am. Michelle Visage. Because you know how Michelle, whenever RuPaul tells a joke, it doesn't matter how funny it is. She's like, (laughs) and it's like, whoa, girl. It was very loud. Wasn't that funny? Are you following her 365 days of eyewear? What? Mm Mm-hmm. She's showing off her eyeglass collection on the Instagrams. I thought you were going to say on QVC. For some oh my reason. god, can you imagine Michelle Visage had a line of eyewear? I can see it. Um, I'm just like, that's kind of not that interesting to me. But some people yeah. like it. Yeah. Anywho, you were going to say? Um, well, I was going to talk about our first topic, but it's very heavy. Is there anything you want to bring up before we do this? Because it's going to take a sharp left, I guess. Yeah. Before we start no, talking I'm about good. it. I'm good. Let's get <clears throat> serious. Let's get into it. Um, so we watched Surviving R. Kelly. And um, I feel like we have to announce a trigger warning before we talk about it. Um, that we're going to be talking about R. Kelly mm-hmm. and rape. Uh, so um, 
we're not going to unpack it because I don't think that we're the right people to be unpacking it, I guess. It's also one of those things, like, if you haven't seen it, like, you have to see it, I guess. Because, like, unpacking it, like, even explaining it is hard. So I, I, and I'm not good at that. So I wouldn't even try doing that. Well, we're not going to explain it because that feels, so the, 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 the part for me that feels weird is it feels a little too much like a review and that's not, no, no, that's not what we're doing. Just go watch it. I feel like it's necessary viewing, but it's not accessible viewing for everyone because for some people, what's like what they talk about in the docu-series is triggering. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. But, you know, if if it's not something triggering for you, go watch it. Because I think it just, it really lays bare a lot of things. It, it kind of puts the whole story together and gives it like a proper timeline. Yeah. You know, so I thought it was useful, even though I really do feel like I survived this like six hour long documentary because there was like... There was never a moment where I wasn't like, like in disbelief. Was basically was everything presented in the docu series new information for you? N- no, and, and not a lot of it was. It was more. I, I guess what constantly shocked me, and and there were times where I mean we were watching it together, so you know I was like yelling at the TV because just. After every episode, I'm like, but how has this taken so long? And not from people coming forward or the documentary being made. It just, what I took away from it was that our judicial system sucks. Yeah. I mean, I knew that already, but it's like, like, the fact six that that, years. that trial took six years to begin. Six years and to that, go to trial. And that it, that was a strategic move so that the, the jury would essentially meet. Uh, mm-hmm you know, like a 20-something-year-old yeah. woman as opposed to a 14-year-old girl. Yeah. And a more sanitized R. Kelly who had been putting out, like, you know, all like, I don't know, like, this family, friend, like, you know, shit that, like, people... Like, he released a few songs and did things here and there that were different from his other music, no. wasn't that? No, that's not what happened at all. I mean... By the time it went to trial, he'd, like, released different songs. Yes, but... There was still like the trapped in the closet era, which was very. Was that after? I think that was after the trial. No, was it? I don't remember it being after mm. the trial. I remember it being it before. Um, anyway, the 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 thing for me watching it, and um, I feel like I should say before we start talking about it, uh, the podcast Tea with Queen and Jay has a much better, uh, like a, a very full unpacking of everything that's discussed, and you know why certain people were included and why they shouldn't have been. Um, and all that stuff. Uh, but they they do a much better job of of talking about it than we are. I just I have like um, I have my own personal connection to it that I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, but more specifically, one of the things that um, that was discussed on the episode of Tea with Queen and Jay about surviving R. Kelly is that we don't all start out being as well informed as we can be. And this is definitely something that I've known, like I've known this information for the majority of my life. I was an Aaliyah fan from before, you know, Missy Elliott and Timberland showed up and, um, and sort of changed her, uh, her musical style. Um, and so I knew about R. Kelly marrying Aaliyah when she was Mm -hmm. a minor. Um, I knew about the, the tape with the underage girl. I knew, like, I, I knew about all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. 
for some reason, I still found a reason to listen to his music, which is terrible. Like, you know, it sucks because you have to admit that, like, you did something wrong. Like, you contributed in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's funny because I only really knew about him because of that, the song he did for Space Jam. Right. Like, in all honesty. And then, and then you know, years later, he records a song with Lady Gaga. And I'm like, oh, oh, he's still doing music. Okay. Right. And, you know, the Trapped in the Closet thing. Right. But that came out in 2005. Oh. And 2007. And then 2012. But so. my point is, like, he was putting stuff like that out mm-hmm. that was sort of overt. Um, and it's and it's not only because, like, he was putting out stuff that was, I mean, his first solo album was called 12 Play. Mm-hmm. That's a very clear, that's very clear wordplay right there. That's very, like, hypersexual. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was almost like you were questioning his mental state when trapped in the closet came out. So I I don't know. I just don't understand even after watching the documentary and seeing that the whole reason, like essentially the reason that they threw the case out was because the family of the, the girl that was in the video, they were paid to say that that wasn't her in the video. Um, Or at least that's what was, that's absolutely what happened. Oh. Yes, that's what they led us to believe. But I believe that that is that I believe that to be fact, even though I guess it was assembled as conjecture. Mm-hmm. Well, the 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 girl's um, niece, um, I know what's it? Sparkle, her aunt. Her, sorry, yes the the girl's aunt Sparkle basically said it like he paid my family off, and that's why she hasn't spoken to them or they haven't spoken to her in what like ten years. Right. Or something. Right. But I just, yeah, I I was just left very perplexed by the whole thing because again, it just, it, it really just, um, highlights how, how you can like, I don't know, like buy, buy off people and, and just really continue doing what you're doing. And then, you know, there's that TMZ component, which is really weird. Like it's, um, it's, it's, it's really interesting because it's almost like you get to see how he has evaded all of this over the years with what seems like little to no effort, I guess. Cause yeah. he's just, he's not changing. And again, what, what they repeated on almost every episode several times was that in his music and stuff that he puts out, it's almost like he's telling on himself. Right. And it's like, Oh my God. Like he's just laughing in the face of everybody. Right. It was very, very sad. Well, and that brings me to the part that like the personal element of this whole thing. So he put out a song with art with a, or Lady Gaga put her, put out a song with him in 2013. And she chose to have Terry Richardson film the music video. So it's like, Oh, you found two rapists, (laughs) Lady Gaga being a a survivor of sexual assault herself. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, here's a good idea. Let's, uh, let's get two sexual uh, assault people involved. I said that funny. Let's get two rapists involved in the creative aspect of this single that never took off because of I don't know. I I was reading about also it today. The, the like the title and content of that song too. Well, again, and that the, you saying that he was hiding in plain sight essentially it reminded me of the song because. For Lady Gaga, it was like, oh, people write all of this crazy stuff about me in the press. But for R. Kelly, it was like, this is, you're you're a rapist, and this song is about how you continue to get away with your crimes. Mm -hmm. And Lady Gaga is facilitating that? Like, 
anyway, I don't know what crazy spell I was under, but I loved that song when it came out and I don't listen to it anymore. But so, okay, back to the personal element. So I was an extra in the Do What You Want music video. And I was thinking about this after we watched the documentary. And I remember that R. Kelly had these two women. I I mean, I assume they're women. They could have been girls that were kind of checking on him throughout the entire, like throughout the filming process. Mind you, we're f- so these two women were wearing sunglasses at night. And after watching the documentary, I'm like, oh, he did that so that they couldn't be addressed. And they, they didn't like, I want to say that they were like touching him up, but I don't think they were doing that. I think they were there simply to be there. Like they were just like, t- like tangible objects that he was like, I need you there. Mm-hmm. And that's it. He let them out of the house for a night. Right. And so the whole time they would be setting up and these two women would come over to him and just be like, just like on him. That's the only way I can describe it. And like, I can't help but think like, oh my God, I was in the same room and this was happening in front of me. I mean, it's been happening in front of me essentially my whole life, but very clearly in front of me. And it just like that, the idea of that is sort of haunting in a way. Um, And then also, and I don't know why I keep going back to this, but so we did three takes of the scene that we were filming of the video, which it was, um, we were supposed to be at a concert. And so there, we were like, we were standing around a stage that had a, a catwalk on it. And we were supposed to be at this like fake concert. And, um, on the, right before the third take, Lady Gaga, like leaned over to us in the audience and was like, I'm going to make out, out with him on this one. And kind of like, like ran, jumped and straddled him and made out with R. Kelly. It was just like, it was weird. It was like a very weird thing. I don't, and I don't know what that says about Lady Gaga. Like that, I I don't know. I don't know what that says about anything really. Like that, that took place given that this was common, like that R. Kelly being a rapist was common knowledge. Do you think she didn't know? No, I think she knew. That's what I, I don't understand. Because I find it impossible for her not to have known, also not to have known about the stuff regarding Terry Richardson. But, uh, but she was doing all sorts of weird shit at this point, so I'm sure this is partly for it to be shocking. Yeah, I mean, although what sucks is that see, and now it sounds like what people were saying in the documentary. It's like, pop, pop, pop. You know, he's awful. He's awful. But man, he's a good singer. You know, wow. like so. It's 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 sad because he's like he entranced people with that, right? You know. Um, but he not only entranced people with that, like, I Believe I Can Fly was the go-to graduation song for years. Mm-hmm. It might still be the go-to graduation song in certain yeah. areas. Sung in churches everywhere. Yeah. Like, crazy. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just, I think about that experience, and I, I mean, I don't really know what I'm trying to get out of sharing it on the podcast, but I just, I realize I've never given detail like that. Well, weren't you saying that about people it? have been, like, on social media, they've been, like, tweeting and tagging Lady Gaga and things? Um, yeah, because she hasn't... Asking why she hasn't, like, responded to anything, considering that, like, she worked with him? Yeah, she hasn't come out and said, you know, the the, the way that Chance the Rapper mm-hmm. was in the docuseries and he said, oh, you know, making the song was a mistake mm-hmm. and that upon reflection, he he basically surmised that he didn't take it seriously because the allegations were coming from black women, mm-hmm. which is a huge like the, uh, for an for an artist of his magnitude to say that 
is like it's huge because mm-hmm. it's a huge admission of like I didn't I wasn't seeing this for what it was and I'm going to try and do better. Yeah. going forward. Lady Gaga hasn't done that and then on top of that you have her winning an Oscar, I believe it was last year for Till It Happens to You, which is a song about sexual assault. Did she win the Oscar for that? Yeah. Oh. So and she's she has closely I, I I feel like she's closely aligned herself in some way with the Me Too movement mm-hmm. more recently. Yeah. Well, but you know what though, she doesn't address anything that happened during that period because it's all during art pop, and it's like that doesn't exist. Yeah, I don't I don't get how I mean, and she does that anyway. We're not talking about her, but she does that with both the good and bad things that came out of that whole album and that whole like cycle. Of her life. Oh, there's. it's totally like what they it call never, L.A. spin. Mm-hmm. That's totally what happens with that yeah. album. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I really I really hope that she that she says something. Well, yeah. I mean, like that that should be addressed. It's, it's another voice, which is an important one because people listen to her, um, you know, and and I think that we should really all just mute R. Kelly. I mean, absolutely. There's plenty of other options. Plenty of other options, and I'm sure some of them have not done what he's done. Well, I, I'm confused by that statement. Oh, I'm sorry. What I'm saying is, like, it, it's... it's um. You're saying there's other musicians out there. Yeah, there's other musicians oh, out there. The but way also you phrase like, it, I'm like, what are you talking no, about? No, you know what I'm saying? There's other musicians out there that you can support and who you can, you know, look to for you know, whatever people were looking to R. Kelly for. Right. Um, who are probably more decent than he is. Um, but then again, it's just like, it's like they said, like, this is something that continues to happen in the industry anyway. So it's like, I don't know. It just, it, it left me feeling weird. And the other thing. Know, in that respect. Because so, it's like, you never know. Well, right. And there are, I, I feel like there are more, um, there are more acceptable versions of it that have, I mean, they, they talked about this in the documentary Mm -hmm. and it's interesting how they didn't mention certain more prominent, like today prominent artists such as Beyonce who met Jay-Z when she was a teenager Mm -hmm. Um, or uh, um, apparent like there's, there's a whole thing. So like I said, go listen to Tea with Queen and Jay because they do a much better job of explaining yeah. it. But um, I went on Instagram after we were done watching the docu-series and Queen from Tea with Queen and Jay was on there talking about uh, grooming, about how like this this uh, whole thing of like grooming uh, a girl to become the woman that you want to spend your life with. It's like a common thing and a common like uh, like a power like, like a, a one power of, dynamic? Yes. It's one of these like mm-hmm. the these like uh inconsistent power dynamics that men do to these women. And yeah, like I said, go listen to Tea with Queen and Jay. They they do a much better job of of talking about this. Um we're gonna take a break and when we come back, we're gonna talk about Kevin Hart because I wanna talk about it. I have a lot of feelings. So stick around, we'll be right back. Hey guys, I know that we promised we were going on a break, but uh Literally right after we finished recording this episode, Lady Gaga released a statement on her Twitter about her stance with R. Kelly, and we figured it wouldn't make sense to release this episode without at least mentioning the statement. Um, In it, she says that she believes the women, she stands by them, and she talks about 
how she was in a dark place at the time and was trying to create something defiant and provocative because she was angry and still hadn't processed the trauma from her own sexual assault. And, you know, that she she needed to go through the therapy that she's been through since in order to have a more evolved uh, perspective on this whole, uh, on this whole thing. Um, and she, she also says that she can't go back, but she does support everyone who is a victim of sexual assault. And she feels she's demonstrated her stance on this issue. Um, she also mentions that she is going to be removing do what you want uh, from iTunes and other streaming platforms, which is a huge, uh, it's, it's a, it's a huge deal that she does this and that uh, she's sorry both for her poor judgment and uh, for not speaking out sooner. So we figured we would include this without much of a, an opinion about it, but at least include it so that we acknowledge that she did make a statement. So be right back. Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the kiki going. We're back and it's time to talk about Kevin Hart. So this, this Kevin Hart situation has been like, I've seen people say like, who is his publicist? Because they need to be fired. Like, couldn't be, I mean, that is just from a, like protecting your investment sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it just, it just gets worse and worse as more time goes on. It's it's interesting because you were you know we're, we're just talking about R. Kelly and you know talking about like how people you know like with trapped in the closet it was like is R. Kelly okay like is he yeah. you know of a uh, uh, sound mind and body and I'm literally really questioning whether or not Kevin Hart is of sound mind and body these really? days. Well, so like, is somebody that stupid to dig themselves this deep? Do you no. know what I mean? Like. Because the thing is, it's, um, you know, we, we were talking about, you know, how people are like, well, you know, he doesn't have to be an ally or this, that and the other on social media. And and I've seen it in, in several places now, you know, where there's people saying like, well, but this is just how he feels. And it's like, OK, fine. Like, I don't. Well, hold on. Let's back up and explain what we're talking oh, about. OK, first fine. I just figure everybody knows what we're. So there's a Cosmo article that really like that that spells out the timeline for you really great um what's the uh can you read the title so it's called everything you need to know about kevin hart's oscars controversy okay yeah so that um that article does a really good job of uh putting everything in Mm -hmm. chronological order and showing you with screenshots and everything exactly what went down so in uh in somewhere between 2009 and 2010 Mm -hmm. Kevin Hart put out a series of tweets that were homophobic in nature. And the one that I focus on the most is him saying that if he ever caught his son playing with a dollhouse, that he would rip the dollhouse, like pick the dollhouse up and hit his son over the head with it. And I I can't, 
like be, because of in his mind, because that would be something that would be looked at as gay. And I can't get past the fact that no one's talking about the child abuse element of this. There's yeah, nothing right? funny about child abuse to me. No. And also, like, why is that? I don't not, know. The... Not to minimize the homophobic element of well, it. Well, no. I'm just saying, like, no one's like, talking about the child abuse element. It's funny because, like, the there was one tweet that was screen capped where he was like, you know, as a heterosexual male, I'll do anything I can to make my son not be gay. And it's like, okay. Again, it's like, okay. But, like, why do we have to know all about, about all of this? Like, right. what? And and I don't know if that's just like what bigoted people do, you know, like just have to use all of this free speech to spread hate and or, you know, like violent language. But I don't think he looked at it as spreading hate. I think he looked at it as workshopping a joke. No, no. But what I'm saying is I, I'm, I, I don't think he saw it as anything, but I'm saying like, is this just what bigoted people do? You know what I mean? Is just putting it out there, yeah. whether it's a joke or not, because... At the same time, it's like, even in 2009, 2010, that still wasn't okay. Yeah. You know, like, it, like that was not that long ago. And I don't understand it. Like, you can just, you can keep your homophobia to yourself. You can keep your racism to yourself. You know, like, it's not my job to, like, make somebody not bigoted. But right. you're entitled to feel how you feel. Yeah. But, like, you're putting it out there, and, and that's inflicting it upon people. Right. So that's how I feel about all this. It's just like, keep it like away. Well, I don't know if it's mentioned. I don't remember it being mentioned in the Cosmo article, but at some point, Kevin Hart tweeted saying that he's no longer going to make gay jokes in his material because he feels like he has, I guess, evolved past that point, Um, which it's really interesting that that's part of this conversation because now that he is like so like you know, deep in this shit, he's now saying that he doesn't want to be an ally, but an ally would make that sort of connection and make a statement to all of their fans and say, Mm -hmm. you know, I recognize that this was bad and I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to be an ally, don't do stuff like that. Yeah. You didn't have to say anything. Again, you didn't have to say anything. Right. So all of these tweets resurfaced after it was announced that he was going to be hosting the next Oscar ceremony. And, and it took like two days to, and this, so this took place between, I think, December 4th and December 6th. Yeah, literally they, they announced that he was going to host the Oscars on, well, the announcement that he was going to host the Oscars came out on December 4th. And by December 6th, all of these tweets from 2009 and 2010, you know, started to go viral again. Because I don't, I don't think he deleted them. No. So people were just like, hold on, let's go back. And I think he's gotten rid of them by now. But um, yeah, they just started, you know, going viral because people were like, wait a minute, you're going to have this person host the Oscars? Do you feel like he should have deleted them? Because I don't believe in deleting no, Stuff like that. I don't think so. I mean, you did it. Like, it's there. And the thing is, if he if he did apologize for it back then or say, fine, right? Like, I mean... Which, which d- the very fine point here, but he never actually apologized for the individual tweets. Yes. What happened is he made this statement where he said, I'm no longer going to make gay jokes in my material which basically he was trying to classify these offensive tweets as jokes right which is 
I, I don't I don't believe that for a single fucking second. Well, but they're jokes to him because he has no personal connection to the community that he's discriminating against in that joke. So to him, it's a joke. He's not that funny. Right. Actually, I mean, I've never really thought he's That's the thing that annoys me with. the most. I've never been a Kevin Hart fan. And I, I mean, this doesn't change it because it would change if I were a fan. Mm-hmm. I would maybe want like... Like, I'm still holding out for that Azalea Banks apology because she is a really good musician. But, like, I have moved on and I can no longer support her. Mm-hmm. Um, but the minute that she decides to apologize for everything, I will be back, you know, listening to fucking 1991 because it was a great EP. Oh, um, that's such a good EP. But uh, the thing with – okay, so the thing with Kevin Hart is, like, like I said – or like we said, the viral t- the, the tweets went viral. These old tweets went, went viral. Mm. It took two days for it to happen. If we rewind a little bit, this or this past Thanksgiving, he threw a Cowboys and Indian themed birthday party for his son on Thanksgiving Day. So you decided to create this birthday party for your, I believe his son is like a year, was he a it was, year it old? Was his, um... It was his, I think, his son's first birthday or something. Yeah, it's his son's first birthday. And so you decide to do this birthday party and have it be themed as the genocide of indigenous people, which America as a whole ignores every year on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, and you decide to have that party on Thanksgiving Day. But no one talked about that. Mm-mm. When the when the Oscar thing popped up, nobody talked about that. And personally... Because I'm not a Kevin Hart fan, that to me is more offensive than what he did. I mean, I shouldn't be comparing it, actually. Let me take that back. But in my heart of hearts, I'm more offended by the fact that he not only did that, he then went on like radio talk shows to be like, well, what's the big deal? I used to play Cowboys and Indians as a child. Mm-hmm. You know, he doubled down on well, all also, of this. Also, he was saying that that cowboys and Indians was something that was invented by Hollywood, and that and that we don't know because yeah, what he said was, "I'm saying I'm saying the battle that is assumed because of the movies and because of everything they've seen was because of the fights that were between the cowboys and the Indians. So as a kid, when you played these games, it was based off of the premise from a hypothetical place that was put into perception for movies. Okay, that doesn't make any grammatical sense but basically what 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 had happened was that he's saying that these like westerns you know these like early hollywood westerns (laughs) made up the the fights between cowboys and indians and it's like girl where do you think those came from right like these are based on historical fact the cowboys i.e white people right white Mm. americans europe europeans europeans Okay, wanted land. So they went and killed, well, fought and killed the indigenous people who were on the land that they wanted. That is where you get cowboys and Indians and, you know. And it's still still happening today. Of course, the stereotypes of tomahawking and scalping and all this bullshit. And it's like, yeah, because they wanted to make the indigenous people look like um, godless savages. That is like the term. Right. You know? And so it's like, what, what like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Again, 2018, and like, you don't, also, like, why are you using the term Indian? Like, yeah. Anyway. I, well, clearly his software is very out of date. Yeah. 
So like, Hollywood invented the cowboys going after indigenous people. You know, it must be nice to live in some of these uh, out-of-date mines. But anyway, um, so he does that. There's a backlash to him responding to it, and he has to then respond to the backlash. And then we have these old tweets that go viral once it's announced that he's going to host the Oscars. And uh, the Academy tells him, you have to apologize or you're not doing this. And he basically says, cool, so guess I'm not hosting. See ya. And it's like, did he not realize that by saying that, you're essentially reinstating the fact that you're homophobic? If your goal was to be like, oh, these are super old tweets. I don't feel like this anymore. You could have very easily just apologized. Mm -hmm. But he didn't do that. And so I think that shortly after he did his whole ego driven, yeah, I'm cool. Bye. Not apologizing. He was like, oh, shit, I just turned something down that was a really big deal, which hosting the Oscars is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And he is basically trying to get it back now but he's doing the worst job of i don't know well i well the the at what point i read somewhere that that it still wasn't um like they asked so they, they asked him to apologize but it doesn't seem like it was um ever actually like taken away from him necessarily well they said you have to apologize or yeah but i don't think he ever got official word that he like well, as of today, the Academy has come out and said, well, Kevin yeah, Hart because will not be because he stepped down, they weren't going to run after him. But he like, but now he's trying to win it back by having, you know, the Pope of the gays, Ellen DeGeneres, give a, a royal decree. Also, why Ellen? Like, f- <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, OK, here's here's my mm, there's a lot of issues, but like, let's pick a, a less whatever version of it so kevin hart is a man Mm -hmm. and ellen degeneres is a lesbian woman Mm -hmm. and so for a straight cis man to have a conversation with a lesbian woman it's not like you're you're not leaving your comfort zone for that or at least i don't feel like you're leaving your comfort zone for that Uh. so if and and I also I mean I don't agree with the fact that like you're picking one person and being like you give me an apology and everything's fine. Ellen doesn't speak for all of us, so she wants to be white Oprah. Well, I mean, if this shows anything, it's like right, you know, um, Oprah didn't go anywhere near this. Right, just saying. Well, but uh, I mean, I don't think that Oprah's platform is as visible now. As it would have been when she had her talk show. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's why. Um, My thing is, why not reach out to Don Lemon? Don Lemon said to him, apologize. Why not have a sit down with Don Lemon? That would have pushed you out of your comfort zone because you then have to meet eyes with a, a gay black man who is the who was the target of your these jokes that you put out. Mm-hmm. So like make amends with the people that you've actually hurt. Mm-hmm. Don't pick someone that is so like Ellen is also like Disney safe. Also, she said, end quote, they're going to win if you don't host the Oscars talking about um, the Internet trolls, as she put it. Right. Who've been like basically asking them to be accountable. Uh, you can't let them destroy you and they can't destroy you because you have too much talent. And it's like, 
No, as I shake my head, no. Like, where is she coming from with this shit? I'm convinced that... Like, you're a lesbian woman, and he said something homophobic. Like, and there was violence attached. But he said it against men, not women. Yeah, but in general... Well, I guess straight men don't... I mean, I don't know. I'm... I just, I feel like it, there's a reason that they chose Ellen and not a, a man, like a gay man mm. to do this. Um, but, uh, and also the, the the language that was used in that interview where, you know, he was referring to the people that were calling him out as haters. No. Um, and then Ellen saying they win as if the people who were pointing this out are the villains in this situation. Again, no. Like, it just like so i'm confident and i'm going to make a connection to the the R-, R kelly conversation we had in the first segment i'm confident that lady gaga doing the song with r kelly it was supposed to distract or somehow like glaze over and make people forget about r kelly's past i think that kevin hart going on the ellen show to get a pardon mm. from ellen was supposed to make the gay community love him. I mean, she even called the Academy. She called them? She says that she called the Academy to see if he could still host. And she thought that he might still be able to. Ellen's full of shit. I, Ellen says shit like that all the time. She's full of shit. Everybody's losing their minds. Like, I'm convinced. Like, that, like Kevin Hart is entering his Tom Cruise phase where um, he's acting weird. I'm going to be honest with you. This doesn't feel like, uh, you know, for... Uh, a straight a straight black man who is trying to hang on to his ego this doesn't feel like foreign behavior if i'm being honest well i wouldn't just say a straight black man i would just say it like a straight man i i, I mean okay that's just that's what it looks like to me mm. add add into the fact that he's short so he's probably got a napoleon oh complex <laughs> i'm just saying like there are a lot of there are a lot of things and i'm sure that he's had to struggle with shit but i'm not about to feel bad for him right now what reaching for the crackers wow i wasn't gonna take it there but i'm just saying i mean i meant actual crackers okay oh okay but you chose well because you said you chose that one um but like i i just i don't understand why it has to be like this why you then have to be like oh well it was never my intention to be an ally and it's like wait but He just no. He didn't want to be an ally, babe. He just I don't. Wanted, we don't need him as an he ally. Just, he just wanted to say that so people would leave him the fuck alone. That that sure that's what he meant. <laughs> we don't need him as an al- no one needs him as an ally for anything. Like you're How a comedian. Is Kevin Hart going to protect anybody? <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> like you're, you're a comedian and an actor. Those are the entertain us, please. But don't offend people in the process. And also remember that when you do offend people. And, you know, with information traveling as fast as it does today, you're going to alienate a huge chunk of your audience, probably. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're it's going to cut into your earnings, basically. But I, I don't understand. I don't understand why any of this is happening. And why why none of these statements that he's mm-hmm. put out were ev- were never like written down on a piece of paper and looked at by a publicist and been like, you know, Kevin, I wouldn't say this part here. Like I would just I would just mm-hmm. scratch this part out right here. Yeah. He needs a, he needs like a Twitter police. Like they're, they're everybody because Jesus Christ, it's too much. And then on top of that going on, which and, and I think and I think what really cemented how uh, I, I, I'm just like his level of fuckery 
are these two Ellen appearances? Because basically what she did, you know, by by letting him come on her show and having an honest conversation, as she tweeted. Um, that conversation was sponsored by Kraft. Like, get out of here. Is that... That conversation was purchased. Um, is that basically she turned him into the victim. Right. And it's like... Right. Or like, I mean... Like whatever, like what, what, you know, and and I don't want to deny that there's, that there's an element of racism that's happening here because think about it. He, he does this, this thing with the birthday party that is, you know, like offending indigenous people. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares, but the indigenous people essentially. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he does this thing that, or it's announced that he, um, that he's hosting the Oscars. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, all of these homophobic tweets are going viral Mm -hmm. and the, the gays are like coming after him with pitchforks two days after. Yeah. To me, it's like, there's clearly a racial element that's happening here and that's fucked up. But like, Oh my God, call your publicist before you tweet. Like, I just don't, I don't I mean, get it. I think that Kevin Hart just needs to like go away and make room for any number of brilliant black female comics that need a chance. Cause Lord knows they're funnier than him. It's, it really sucks that. And then he won't be in any other movies bringing other people down. Cause he's a terrible actor. Well, like he did to Tiffany Haddish in night school. Well, let her shine, put him away. <laughs> You know what's you know what sucks the most is I'm a big Tiffany Haddish fan and he really helped her when she was homeless and living in her car and I can't I can't look at her and like I can't really look at her and like appreciate everything that she's done without thinking of him and I hate that. I love that she's famous. Like you feel like she's like him or No, I just like I think about the 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 generosity in that moment, right? Okay. And I mean, I have a hard time separating the negative things that people do from them doing like something positive. Mm. And I have to learn how to deal with those, like how to reconcile those two things together because problematic people can do good things. Well, of course, like you can be generous toward the people that you want to be and and not to the people that you're bigoted against. Right. It's it's very selective, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I just. I think it's unacceptable that, you know, he's been turned into a victim by Ellen and she's like co-signed this fuckery. It's just, you know, she always gave me a weird vibe at like a certain point into having this show where I was like, I don't buy this nice, nice, you know, um, whatever about you. That oh, she wants to I do. never bought and, it. And, and, and then, you know, people who've been on her show, you know, who aren't like super famous have talked about how she's rude and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, well, of course she is. Yeah. Like, hello. Yeah. You know? And it's like, no, no. Like, I just, I don't, I don't get the spin. It's disgusting to me. It's calculated. And it's exhausting on it's, top of that. It's calculated, but I think it says something about the way that we are ingesting information nowadays that we're not buying it. Mm-hmm. That like society, I, I haven't seen a single person be like, oh, I, I felt so much better after Kevin Hart went on the Ellen show today. Like I haven't seen a single person say that um, gay, straight, you know, it doesn't matter. Like the sexual orientation varied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> among the people that are outraged by this. Yeah. So, um, but like, I don't see him, you know, setting up a, a, a meeting with, you know, some indigenous person and apologizing no. for this birthday party. So where's that? Like, where is that? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. 
Um, mm. But I'm glad that we had that conversation because <laughs> I have been I have been feeling very um, frustrated seeing all of this weird stuff that he's saying where like, you know, he says I never wanted to be an ally. And then one of my Facebook friends responds like, that's valid, I guess. And it's like, mm, is it though? Because it's like your your words are facilitating the ideal of mm-hmm. of or the um, the ideology behind homophobia. Yeah, absolutely. How do you not see that? I mean, and even though he did issue an apology on his radio show on January 7th, it was like, whoever wrote this apology for him should have been the one who was, like, checking his tweets and his, you know, um, like, birthday party planning. I I really believe that that birthday party was destined to happen because it seemed like it was not just him. It was him and his wife that wanted to to do this. I just, I, I want them. I... <sighs> Here's the reason. Okay, I figured it out. The reason why to me the birthday party is a bigger deal is because I truly believe, based on the way he reacted to that, that he doesn't understand why that was wrong. That he doesn't understand why doing a play version of uh, of the genocide that the that Native Americans have experienced as as the theme for your son's first birthday, um, why that's wrong. And I want him to update his software to that place because I believe that he understands that his homophobic tweets were wrong. He understands why and he understands that he doesn't need to do that. He's said as much. He just doesn't know how to talk about it now that like he's been caught with his pants down essentially. So, well, cuz according to him now he's in a space where there are members of the LGBTQ community around him and it's like, "Oh, so now yeah, they've been around you this whole time. Like, they probably just haven't. <laughs> we're everywhere. Right. <laughs> they probably just like, haven't. They've never felt comfortable, you know, disclosing because of your stance on things. You know, like comedy's not a place, or at least not not in, in 2009, 2010. Comedy was not a place to be out and for it to just be, you know, nothing. Today, it's like you can be an out comedian and it's not as big a deal but there's still discrimination that happens toward you know people in the lgbt mm-hmm. community who do comedy and whatever you did 10 years ago and and whatever you did after that like shortly after that to you know like quote unquote make up for it obviously it didn't work because people are still pissed about it right so just apologize again what's wrong with that yeah and also this is why shit that you do on the internet will always come back to bite you in the ass if it did so already like it it it, like the thing is it is never going away so get used to the fact that you're going to have to essentially re-apologize for this many many times and that's it that's just the fact of saying something fucked up on the internet But don't you feel, okay, yes, it's fucked up. He said that. And this is like, I feel like this is the end of the conversation here. But I just want to say, don't you feel like having a record of your ignorance to look back on and say, like, look at how far I've come. You don't feel like that feels good in a way that you can be like, look at how ignorant and like behind I was on this stance here and look at how far I've come and for someone to find it for that to be a moment for you to be like, you know, there've been other, there've been musicians that have been, have been taken to task on it, like SZA and Cardi Mm -hmm. B like, and they've, they've come out and said, you know, like I was young. SZA said I was struggling with my own queerness at the Mm -hmm. time, you know, like, well, no, 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 I, I, that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) 
No, I know that's not what you're oh. saying. I'm, I'm. I mean, according I'm to positing. him, he's grown. And and to end this, what he and then I want to know what people think about this. Yeah. Um. Part of his apology was that um, uh, I understand you, but in the fight for equality, that means that there has to be an acceptance for change. If you don't want to accept people for their change, then where are we? Tr- where are you trying to get to the equal part? Where does the equality part come in? So he's saying that people are like he deserves the same equality, and it's like, but people are fighting for equal rights to not be discriminated against or to have, you know, to, to, to have pr- the same protections as everybody else. This is very different, but he's equating it to that struggle. Right. Cause he wants that equality. And I want to know what people think about that because I think that that's very problematic, even though that's part of his apology. Yeah. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. Um, so stick around. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back and we're going to try and keep it light for this last segment. Yeah, we're going to talk about good stuff. Well, light, light shit. Yeah. Um... So we watched, uh, we actually watched a couple of movies. I'm, yeah, we, we forgot a lot. We forgot to write some of them yeah. down, but, but we picked one cause it was particularly good. Yes. Um, and over the weekend we watched Black Klansman, um, which was, it's the story of a police officer in Colorado Springs who sees an ad for, <laughs> to join the Ku Klux Klan and sees it as an opportunity to kind of bust the local chapter. Well, he's first of all, he's the first black. Yeah. Oh, yes, he's the police first black officer police officer on the force on that force on that force Co- in the Colorado Springs yeah. force. Um, and then you know hilarity ensues in a way because it is a rather funny movie in many ways. Well, I think because he has his like Jewish partner go and pose as him. Like they talk to him, but then well, wait, because you're you're jumping way too I far. Know, a little bit of. Fun. I think that what's interesting is, and I don't I don't know how much of a connection this has to him deciding because he he literally sees the ad in the paper and he's like, oh, let me call this number. Um, but before that, one of his first assignments as a police officer is to go undercover into um a uh, like a Black Panther rally. And I'm, I'm, oh yeah, that, that I, part. I can't help but feel like he went in there and was like, why am I even here? Like, what am I? Oh, cause they were sending him undercover to see if like, you know, the black people were getting out of hand. Right. Because, you know, he spoke their language. Like that's basically how they put it. But I feel like he went in there and he was like, there's no security risk. Yeah. There's no threat here. Yeah. Cause like, that's what I thought. When I was watching it, I was like, there's no security risk here. These are just people listening to mm-hmm. a man speak at a podium. Yeah, like there's absolutely. nothing there. There's nothing to be concerned about here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that directly influenced him responding to this ad. 
again, this is all this is this is all like well, no, but I, written I, in I, a book. I, I, I feel like you know what we're seeing is true is that he you know he saw the ad at least the way it was portrayed in the movie and mm-hmm. probably thought oh this is something that should be looked into right that's my point yeah like this is that like this deserves some undercover work because these people me, me and the clan are you know promoting violence and discrimination against black people right you know right like the black panthers are not doing anything right now no like but the clan is right. So anyway, but he wants to infiltrate them, but he can't because he's a black man. So he has his partner uh, played by Adam driver uh, from girls. Um, I know. I know. Right. Cringeworthy. Yeah. Um, to basically poses him. But it's funny because Adam driver is the one who shows up to all the events, but then, um, Oh my God, I forgot the character's name. <clears throat> but then me. who, but then, excuse me. <clears throat> who are you talking about though? My God. What, uh, what Ron happens? Stallworth. Ron Stallworth. Ron Stallworth. Ron Stallworth is the one that is talking to like the head of the clan and like all yeah, of this he, stuff. Yeah. He gets David Duke on the phone at one point mm-hmm. when he is having a hard time getting his um his clan membership card. Yeah, like it it had like or his, his, clan his application hadn't like been processed, but I guess you know there was some lag in in like i don't know process like wherever the clan processes their applications yeah and he literally calls david duke Mm -hmm. and david duke is like i'll speed this one up so you can be at that cross burning on sunday or whatever the fuck it is and he even tells him like he goes well how do you know i'm not a black man on the phone right that conversation was fascinating because the guy was like oh i know i know a black man when i hear one because of the way you say are right and anyway like yeah it's just very funny i mean i didn't find it funny I understand that there were probably comedic elements to the movie that maybe someone else might find funny. Well, I I thought it was funny because he was totally like snookering these white people who pride, you know, pride themselves on, you know, their purity and how much better they are. And, you know, being able to, you know, tell what a black person sounds like. And he's essentially making fools out of them. Right. I mean, it's a dangerous game, but it was, you know... It seems like it was well worth it in the end. Right. Well, I guess. Not really. I guess mm-hmm. not really. You have to watch the movie. I don't want to yeah. give it away for you. Um, but um, what I thought was fascinating was uh, that th- this movie was the first time that I was actually able to... Um, I always forget whether it's sympathize or empathize. Which one is it? You know better than I do. Empathize? Yeah. Okay. So empathize with what it must have been like to be, I guess, to be black in the seventies for just like a split second. There's a scene where, um, the clan members are, um, they're at like a shooting. They're not even at a shooting range. They're just like out in the middle of nowhere shooting at these targets. And when they, they leave and shortly after Ron Stallworth, who is the, the black detective, um, he walks out and I'm just like, Oh my God, what are you doing here? Like you're not, it's not safe for you to be here. Like get out of here. Like that, that was my thought during that whole scene. And I was like, this is putting it into perspective. So I think this movie is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, it's a Spike Lee movie too. So it's kind of like, yeah, but Spike Lee's movies aren't always great. Yeah. But this is like a return to like, this is a good one. Like this is a return to this what, is a good one. Like it's like, this is like a classic Spike Lee movie because he had, he's so good at, at, at essentially using devices like comedy and irony and, and, and things like that to 
bring like to have a social message come through yes but sometimes the message gets clouded with something like it did with um bamboozled which was the movie he did about blackface oh i never so the, I never saw the that. It, it was sort that an of, early one it was fr- it was from like the late 2000s I oh say. i only i only really know his earlier oh. movies that that's why i'm like you know i mean the one that sticks out for me because i've seen it so many times is summer of sam but that has nothing to do with no. any of this um but uh, the thing with Bamboozled is that, like, it started to come off as a parody. And it was like, we in the audience are starting to laugh at the things that we shouldn't be laughing at, that this movie is sort of pointing out that we shouldn't mm-hmm. be laughing at. So that's why I say, yes, Sp- I, I think Spike Lee is a really good director, but I think sometimes he can get it wrong. And I feel like this movie is just very, very, very important in yeah. terms of teaching about um, – uh, uh, about uh, th- not the civil rights movement, but about uh, racial equality. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is an important tool. Yeah. yeah, And it's based on a memoir. So you can also go read the memoir too. Right. You know, which is supposedly very interesting. Yeah. So um, the other thing that stood out to us this week was uh, Lizzo's new single. Juice. I mean, I love it. <laughs> I get very excited whenever Lizzo releases anything yeah. because it takes her some time. And I like that. Like, you know, she leaves you thirsty. Uh-huh, look at that. Now we got juice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of uh, like liquid references. Yeah. In her. I just her like music. it. She just makes me happy Yeah, because I feel like she's having fun. Yeah. And so then I have fun. Totally. Like. And honestly, there, there's really quite not, nothing quite like going to a Lizzo concert, which I think we've been to two, right? Yeah. At this point. And it's, uh, it's a very safe, like she creates a very safe environment for everybody, makes it clear. Like she is, uh, um, I just think a really good person. I just, I love Lizzo. She's really, um, she's, she's really all about fun. Mm-hmm. Like making sure that everyone in the room is safe and, and mm-hmm. having fun. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that comes across really clear when you go to her concerts. One of the things I miss, though, because we haven't been to a Lizzo concert in probably like two years, I'd say, or maybe less yeah. than that, is she tends to. Um, so the 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 last few songs that she's released, we'd heard them live when we saw her at the last concert, but there wasn't a recorded version yet. So we just kind of have to like enjoy the memory of them. Mm-hmm. And I remember when when fitness oh started, when the live version of fitness started, I was like, I need this song right fucking now. And then that was the song that took the longest to right, be released. It took almost two. Because yeah. I think that was at her first concert, right? No, it was, it was the, the second, second one. one. Yeah. Um, remember how excited we were when they played a little bit of it on um, Insecure? Oh, my God. We were like, <gasps> is this it? And nope. I was like, oh, my God, tomorrow it's going to be on Spotify for sure. Nope. Not even a leaked version. Nothing. I think there was a live version because or I thought there was a live. That's what it was. So at the first New York Drag Con, I thought that Shangela was performing (laughs) Lizzo. And then later I found out that Lizzo performed at fucking drag and Con, i told and I you missed it. i was like lizzo's over there performing live and you're like no she's not the thing is i knew that i couldn't leave the booth because i didn't have that option at that moment and i was like you have to convince yourself that this isn't real like this is a recording because i could hear her singing clearly you know like it was like we were in a department store and the song came on over the loudspeaker it was that clear and 
I was like, I can't, I can't leave this booth right now. So what am I going to do? I'm going to convince myself that it's just Shangela doing a number. Like, I don't know, <sighs> but it wasn't, it was actually fucking Lizzo. Like what? Mm-hmm. Um, but she's, she's beautiful. I love her. She makes yeah. me, she brings me so much joy. And the video's also just like great. All the references. All the references. But most specifically. The Soul Glow reference. Well, that's a great reference. But I was going to say, the, the I feel very direct reference to um, ASMR The Chew or uh, <gasps> yes. Spirit. Oh, I forgot about that. I mean. Uh, the nails. To the, me, it was like, yeah. oh, you're referencing Spirit. I love this. Like, oh, my God. Because, you know, we basically watch Spirit every Can night. Can you imagine? Spirit would die. I kind of, I have been paying extra close attention to her YouTube activity to be like, are you going to reference this? Because you I should. hope so. I would, <laughs> I would uh, like, can you, I, I would want to go through, uh, through Spirit subscribers and see if Lizzo's a subscriber. Because mm. there are famous people who subscribe to her. Oh, I know. Yeah. Who was the, was it Cardi B? Who was it that she flipped out about because they subscribed to her because she had a whole video about it but i forget who it was was she the one who played uh, Car- uh bodak yellow in the background of one of her videos maybe or she was listening to it in one of her live videos or something i can't remember i don't remember we read that whole article about her and now it's like yeah but this, out the other. but this the, the that that was different that was about her early on this was more recent but it, it was it was referenced in that article oh so but i forget um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that reference. Yeah. It's great. And oh. I also really enjoy Spirit. Yeah. Like her ASMR YouTube channel is the great, the greatest, the yeah. great. <laughs> that donut. Sorry, we totally veered off. But you see, you see what Lizzo inspires? Yes. That that 68 donut challenge, it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. That video is like two years old, by the way. Is I it think. really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love Spirit. Is it bad that all I can think about when I watch that, well, like when we watch that donut challenge video is like ooh your blood sugar like girl oh i thought about that with too your blood sugar. but i'm sure she'll be fine i mean she eats a lot of really sugary stuff on her in her asmr videos so I i'm mean, sure that she's fine i'm sure she's fine yeah yeah i just worry i know because like i know the backstory as to how she came to mm-hmm. asmr and i know that like i don't think it was diabetes no it wasn't diabetes <laughs> it was um wasn't it uh just some sort of chronic pain but it wasn't thing. but wasn't it like see, uh, associated with seizures? Um, I think she might have had a seizure too, but I don't think that's the root of it. I I mean, I honestly can't remember right now. I just know it's chronic pain. I just know that. So, uh, they recommend the ketogenic diet for people who are prone to seizures, and I feel like a big part of it is your sugar intake. Mm-hmm. So, whenever I see her eating like Peeps, she does she does a lot of videos with Peeps. Oh my God. Which is interesting because I didn't know that they made peeps in so many different flavors and shapes and, you know, that's always fun. Also, the sound of her ripping them apart is really just satisfying. Mm -hmm. I just, ugh. Yeah. Um, I need to start that ASMR channel. (laughs) Comment if you want me to start an ASMR channel in drag or if you want Daniel to do it. Me? Yeah. Why me? Why not? I'm going to be like that Tony Bomboning. Do you th- do we think okay? If you know who Tony Bomboni is, do you think it's a character or not? I just can't handle. You him. don't know who he is, then don't I worry about it. But like, not handle him. <laughs> I he fully did believe an it's ASMR character. of his mother's handbags, and he knew nothing about handbags. I fully believe it's a character. I fully believe I, that it's a character. That it's not none of it's real. Based on that video alone, I think it's a character. The, like 
Also, I don't I don't like his ASMR. I don't like it. It's creepy. I don't mind it. Mm-mm. I don't mind it. It doesn't help that it was brought to my attention by Willem making well, fun of him on the yeah. beatdown. But well, because like, we didn't know what ASMR was, and neither did she. True. So anyway, but, but I'm a big fan of Bob Ross, and he's the original like unintentional ASMR. Well, I mean, I guess you know. So with that, yeah. with the brush, can mm-hmm. you imagine if he'd had ASMR mics? I mean, I think it's his voice mostly. Because mm. think about it when we watch, because they have a couple episodes of it on Netflix, and the thing that takes you out of it is when his theme song plays. Yeah, exactly. The rest of the sounds it's so, are like, fine. Yeah, he just talked like this. It's very nice. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't necessarily a whisper. He just had a nice, like, tone yeah. to his voice. But anyway. Um, Lizzo. Lizzo. Yeah, thank you, Lizzo. Juice. Juice. I can't wait to see video of Lucy Stool performing it because she did promise yeah. a performance. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. I, I just I'm, you know, I'm the pudding in the proof. I get very um I get very excited when that song comes on because I no longer have Spotify premium. Which song? Juice. Ah. Um, so I have to wait until Spotify decides that they want me to listen to it. I could probably make a playlist of just that song, huh? And just like listen to it on a loop. You probably just download it to your phone. I could do that. Too. You could do that. I could do that. I could do a lot of things. You could just own your music instead of, you know, being uh I like Spotify though. Captive by Spotify. I like Spotify because they um they pay attention to what you listen to and then they recommend stuff. Yeah, see, I don't like that. Why not? Mm-hmm. No. Nope. I would have never nope. found out about it's, rich white ladies if I had never It's enough that if listened. I'm if I'm I logged into Facebook and Amazon at the same time that there's that cross pollination. I don't know why, but maybe I'm becoming like an old paranoid person, but it's gotten to the point where I'm like I no, I'm like no, you're not no. I don't want you to I will find things. I will look things up. Or like, but, but the fact that like you're tracking what I'm listening to or tracking what I'm watching and then like, n- no, it just creeps me out. It's weird. But it's not in a creepy way at all. I don't care. It's like, oh, you really like Crush on You by Lil' Kim. You'll also like this song by, you know, I guess. Victoria Monet or whatever. I just, it, I don't, it's just weird to me. I just, I like it because I don't listen to the radio anymore. So I can't really, like, I don't, I, I, I can't discover music the way that Mm. i did when i was younger i guess Mm. i don't know anyway that's been our episode thanks for sticking around um we are grizzly kiki on everything that means facebook twitter and instagram so be sure to follow us there you can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com and we'll read them on the air And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. And if you made it to this point in the episode, drop us a bear paw emoji. Oh, we forgot. Yes. The thing. The thing. About Friday episodes. Oh, oh, okay. So as I said earlier, (laughs) work has been very busy. And partly because of that, we may not be doing regular friday episodes for a little bit let's just Um, go ahead and say we're not doing friday episodes okay but i don't until drag race is over yeah okay fine we will not be doing regular friday episodes until drag race is over because my work schedule is really that hectic lately and maybe you know occasionally there'll be a you know like a bonus onion ring in your french fries yeah you know what i mean um so you know maybe we'll have an interview or current events but we just um yeah we we want to have like more quality episodes and not feel so harried so we're just gonna take a little break yeah once a week and let us know what you think of these new mics Mm. yeah yeah robert is shimmying (laughs) 
So isn't there something you're supposed to do oh, at yes. this point? <laughs> Sorry, Take us felt, out. That felt so sad. Um, so until next time. Bye. bye.